0: This is Missing Persons Uncovered, where we uncover the depth and complexities of this global issue. Every year, millions of people go missing worldwide. I'm Karen Shalev-Green, a researcher specializing in missing persons at the University
1: of Portsmouth in the UK. And I'm Caroline Humer, a global child protection expert. Across this series, we hope to raise awareness of this issue discuss how societies can support vulnerable people better, and give you the insight into how you can protect your community and family. Today we look at what happens
0: when a person goes missing from a publicity perspective, what resources are available, and what is the process to sharing the information as
1: widely and quickly as possible. John Bischoff, Started his career with AOL as a technical director for public safety and criminal investigations, and is now vice president for the Missing Children's Division of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or sometimes called NETMEC, based in the United States.
2: When we put out a poster, that is a call for public action, right? Every poster that we have out there is a call for public action. We want the public to stop, to look, to read the poster, if you see something, if you know something, to report it.
0: It's not just about missing posters. Today's publicity campaigns need all kinds of technical solutions. And NECMEC has built up a range of key relationships to make the publicity pushes as successful as possible, as you'll find out over the next half an hour.
1: Throughout this episode, you will hear a reference to NCIC. This is the U.S. Federal Law Enforcement National Crime Information Center, where all crimes are recorded. This allows all sworn law enforcement officers in the U.S. to share and view information on crimes across the country. Karen started her conversation with John by finding out the process of creating publicity for missing people in the United States in collaboration with the National Crime Information Center the NCIC.
2: First and foremost it all revolves around the child and that's where our focus always has to be is the child and that's the way we kind of treat it and rightfully so. We do a lot of front loading with law enforcement just doing our best to make sure they know who we are and what resources generally we have available. They're never going to fully understand everything we can do because we have a huge toolbox. The second is on the parental side. So on the parental side, we do a lot of work with schools. We have Net Smarts, we have Kids Smarts, we work to educate kids, we work to send kids home with materials about internet safety, about child safety, and how do you get that into the hands of the parent of the child? So if they do run into a missing child incident or they do have a child sexual exploitation issue, they know who to reach out to. They know where to send that information. On top of that, because we are a nonprofit, we get to work with some amazing partners, meta. Google, you name it. We try and engage with all of them. In the United States, if you search for missing child in a Google search, we're going to be one of the first ones to pop up. We've got a couple of partnerships with community-based alerting organizations, Everbridge being one of them, to where if a community alert goes out that has the word missing child in it, we'll get flagged to it. And then we'll reach back to that law enforcement agency and say, you know, we're the national center. Did you hear about us? Like, we can help you in publicizing this missing child and getting their information out there, letting the community know that this child's missing. So many different ways to get to our call center.
0: You receive information from different venues, be it the families, be it law enforcement, being social media or any other way. And then what?
2: When our phone rings at our call center, just take the law enforcement reaching out to us. Let's take that avenue. One of the first things we do is we try and learn as much about this child as we possibly can through our call center. And rightfully so, we've never met this child. We know nothing about them. We don't know what social media handles they use. We don't know who their friends are. We don't know what their phone numbers are. We know nothing. So we have to learn a lot in the first 10 minutes. So our call center, very skilled. They do a wonderful job in working with either law enforcement or the parent to pull in that information into what we refer to as an intake. The second thing our call center does as a nonprofit child-serving organization, we're one of the few organizations in the United States to have access to the National Crime Information System. That's primarily a law enforcement used system. But that does come into play, especially when we're doing a media push for a child. Because when we do a push for when we put out a poster, that is a call for public action. Every poster that we have out there is a call for public action. We want the public to stop, to look, to read the poster. If you see something, if you know something to report it, but let's close that loop. Where are they reporting it to? If the child's not in NCIC, that means law enforcement's not looking for them. By the local law enforcement putting the child into NCIC, we now have a place to close that loop and a place to send those leads. Because as an organization, we're about 420 people strong. That is by no means enough to put boots on the ground in every town in America and do something with those leads, right? That's not our role. Law enforcement is the boots on the ground. And that's where NCIC comes in so important in this loop. Because that validates a law enforcement agency is actually looking for this child, which is great.
1: What are the considerations needed to decide whether to publicize or not to publicize a missing child? After all, whether done by the parents on social media or through official channels, publicity can mean sharing the fact that the vulnerable young person is at large.
2: The biggest risk endangerment is the child missing. And by law enforcement being involved, by the law enforcement putting the child into NCIC, that right there, right off the bat, tells us a child's missing and law enforcement is looking for them. The fact that a child is not where they're supposed to be, you know, the parent, legal guardian, whatever the case is, if they don't know where that child is, I mean, how long does a child have to be missing? Even take a teenager, right? The 15, 16, 17. For our teenagers, the average age missing is 15. How long would they be able to survive on their own on the street without falling victim into gangs, human trafficking? How are they raising money? How are they eating? How are they taking care of their basic needs and how are they getting by? How vulnerable are they? Well, they're very vulnerable at that point because they're trying to think themselves, how am I going to survive after the first couple of hours go by? Take an endangered runaway, for example, and we list them always as endangered runaways because there is an endangerment there. Who are they talking to out on the street? How vulnerable are they if they meet the wrong person out on the street? And the bottom line is they're very vulnerable. And a lot of this, we're not the lead investigator. So we certainly go by law enforcement's lead as to what would you like done? Posters and poster distribution is just one tool of many that we have. Law enforcement at times has asked us to not do a poster. They want us for other tools that we have, but they've asked us to not do a poster because there is either suspicion that the child may be deceased and it may have the family involvement, something tragic like that. They also at times have belief that if they do a poster, or if we do these media pushes to get information out into the community, it may scare the abductor enough to Want to change their tactic or think law enforcement is really tracking them hard when it's easier if they let their guard down a little bit because law enforcement may already have some very good leads that they're following up on. Those are the rare occurrences. For the most part, if the child's missing, if we can get authorization from law enforcement, authorization if needed from the family, and the child's in NCIC, we'll do the poster. We'll get a poster out into the community because it gives the family something to share, it gives law enforcement something to share, and then we utilize our tools to share it even further beyond that.
0: You obviously have also run into some cases where there might be a disagreement between police and law enforcement agencies and families. Now, I'm assuming that you would not release a push or an appeal without the family consent in The vast majority of cases,
2: if there's going to be a please don't send out a poster, it'll most likely come from law enforcement. We don't necessarily need the family's thumbs up or the family approval to go ahead and send this out. If law enforcement's looking for the child and we do have a waiver that we send out saying, hey, we're going to take a picture of this child that was shared with us, that was validated through either you or the family. And we're going to put it on a poster and send it very far and wide. So are you good with that? And that's basically, in a nutshell, what our media waiver says. We always lean initially in the direction of law enforcement as to, is it okay to do a poster or not? Is that going to hurt your investigation? Most of the time, the family absolutely wants a poster. And most of the time, they absolutely do get one. But on the rare occasion, based on the investigation, the boots on the ground who are actually in the field looking for the child... We look to them to make the call. Is this going to help or hurt your investigation? We do make sure the triangle's talking between us, law enforcement, and the family. The three of us have to be communicating if appropriate. And if the family calls us, where's my poster? Where's my poster? Well, certainly tell them. Law enforcement asked us to hold off right now. They have some leads they're tracking down and recommend you also call them. Make sure the three of us are talking because there's no need in getting more upset if just a little bit of communication can help keep the waters calm, because once again, the focus has to be on finding the child. And if law enforcement tracking down a good lead to find that child, let's let that play out, because that's what they see as their investigation. That's what they need to do to try and find the child safely. They certainly want to do that, and we want to support them as best we can, too.
1: Additional to the poster campaign, what other resources are available when it comes to publicity?
2: Posters are the strongest. We do have age progressions and things like that, but tools that aren't necessarily available to the family. As a national nonprofit child-serving organization, we have a lot of wonderful companies. LexisNexis, Clear, they have public information databases where they collect information, different address companies that donate services to us that we work very closely with. And we have an, an entire analytical services division within the national center who will run these public searches, and we just turn that information directly over to law enforcement. Now, some of these tools that we utilize, if law enforcement were to utilize the exact same tool, they have to pay per search, or they have a monthly contract with these companies. If we run the exact same search, it's totally free because they're donated to us. Like I said, these companies are wonderful. They want to help find kids. They're not going to charge to help find a kid right if they can just give it to us which they donate to that's kind of nice for us to be a nonprofit organization because we can build out these relationships and have free services if it's a wilderness search and rescue if you need maps i'll get you maps how big of a map do you want i can have them built and i can have them either shipped to you or sent to a fedex store and have them printed do you need search and rescue experts I've got maybe 20 at my fingertips. I can call. Did you find a car that you think is involved in the child's disappearance? I've got companies who can help take apart the computer in the car and tell you exactly where that car was. We've got all these relationships built out. Just give me the aspect of the investigation that you're looking at. I'll probably have a resource to help support you and your investigation to help find this child as quickly as you can. And... Time is no matter. We pull on these services 24 by 7. Law enforcement may be meeting with the local media. The family may be meeting with the media team locally. They may have their own social media feeds with family and friends that they're going to share it out through. But of course, it goes up on our website. Every poster we have goes up on missingkids.org. We also have our many social media feeds that we'll put it out on as well, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, you name it. And then we lean over to our LexisNexis, many years ago, built a program for us called the Atom Program, and this is how far it goes back. When it first started, it was called the Atom Fax, where it used to dial fax machines and send out the image over fax machines. They've evolved that system greatly to where it's now really focused on email distribution, so people can sign up to receive local alerts in their area as well as they're starting text messaging as well. You can sign up to receive a text message of missing children in your local area. We also have about 250 different photo distribution partners across the United States. Your Walmart storefronts, Sam's Club, different stores, different trucking companies that print these pictures and put them on the backs of their trucks that we will send them out to across the United States.
0: When we think about the posters, do you have a template the same kind of type of photo and the same kind of type of text and that side of thing is that normally how it's done how does that person transfer into a poster
2: today we have 21 different templates whether you have one picture of the child whether you have two pictures of the child whether you have a picture of Two children and one abductor, whether you have one child and three abductors, I mean, all the templates across the board that we've pre-built. Now, a couple of things about the poster templates, and honestly, I find this super interesting for an organization who's been around over 38 years, we're constantly learning and who's kidding who the playing fields always changing. So we have to adapt to that and work to make sure we're utilizing the most up to date and forward leaning tools that we can in helping find these children. When I first came to Nickmick back about 12 years ago, we took a look at our poster template. And one of the things that bothered me, and I didn't necessarily like it, and certainly others here at the National Center started to take a look at it thinking, don't like it either, is having the case type listed on the poster, whether it be endangered runaway, right? The public would look at that and think, oh, you know, they left on their own. I'm sure they just wanted to get out of the house. I'm sure they just wanted to get away and be on their own. Not the correct perception we want to put out there. Family abduction was another title. Same thing. People would walk by and they'd look at that and be like, well, they're with their mom or they're with their dad. And you're thinking, no, wait a second. In the United States with Amber Alerts, about 60% of our Amber Alerts. Our family abduction, 60% of the time out of all the Amber Alerts that get sent out in the United States, 60% of the time is a parent who has the very strong potential of seriously injuring or murdering their child. So back around 2012, we took off the titles of our poster. We went through a poster redesign. We took off the titles and we just put missing because that's what the child is. The child is missing. Let's go with basic and let's just focus on what we're really trying. Once again, The focus needs to be on finding the child. We are actually right now, and it'll probably be out closer to the end of 2022. We're going through a poster redesign right now. We started out with the Georgetown University Business School in their marketing department because we needed a better marketing tool to get this into the public eye. And we met with them last year and last summer, got pulled in a bunch of ideas on just the overall design. I mean, we still have to have a paper version, yes, because places still print paper, so we still have that. But our mobile version, our website version, the version that's gonna get embedded into videos and you know, with some of our relationships with Google and streaming services, and we needed to make sure that they all look similar, but they were all designed appropriately to catch people's eyes. So we're working through that design right now because like I said, we're constantly evolving and we're always pulling in new ideas into these templates. Now, it's a big lift to change an entire template. We can't do it every year, but we have to hit these points where we do these redesigns to make it today appropriate.
1: With so many resources and partnerships available, what geographical decisions are made? Where does the publicity end up?
2: We do not, in the rare occasion, we have, we send it across the United States completely. But for the most part, we have a an idea or, or at least a general area of where the child is believed to be, and we will target distribute within that area. We do receive some phone calls. We've received some inquiries from the public. They may live in Maine, and they may be seeing a missing child poster where the disappearance location was Florida, about 1,800 miles away. And they'll call to be like, why am I getting this? I'm in Maine, and this child's missing from Florida. And that's just because we have reasonable suspicion based on conversations with the family, based on conversations with law enforcement. That child may be in Maine. They may have family, friends up there. We have a reason for sending the poster to that location. Any distribution is valuable because if we're sending this you know, missing child A into a specific area where there's no indication that they're in that area, well, why would we do that? We could fulfill that block with another missing child who absolutely is in that that area. So we're very cautious on where we send things because every missing child is important to us. We want to make sure they all get the right amount of attention and all get found quickly.
0: What happens when a person is found?
2: The child gets removed from NCIC, which means that law enforcement agency is no longer looking for information about this child. We work with our partners to kind of reverse the order. Any place we sent it, our website, our social media feeds, our partners that we send it out to, we send a recovery notice or we remove it ourselves if it's something we have control over, like social media. Now, obviously, with a digital footprint, if someone were to grab a screenshot of it, we don't have control over that. Sometimes it just goes out so far, you know, to put the machine so far in reverse to retract everything, that's always a difficult route. But we do work very hard at removing the stuff that we have control over. It's a really weird concept because on one hand, one minute, you're going from, I need this poster out as far and as wide as I can get it. I want everyone in the United States to see it. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, I want no one to see it. and I want it all back. We've had missing children contact our call center and say, take down my poster because every one of my friends is emailing it to me or snapping me with it or or sending to me on social. I want you to take it down. You have no right to put it up. And, you know, the answer is pretty straightforward. He just go talk to a cop. It'll come down very quickly. Just we need to make sure you're okay, you're safe and verify that it is in fact you. No matter what is happening in a child's home life, right? And when they go missing, obviously everybody has their own issues, some private, some a little bit more public. And if a child goes missing because of those issues at, in the home life, We have seen this just shine a huge spotlight on that. And at times it's good and at times it's bad, right? Because everything the child's going through, they may not want the community to know all the ins and outs of what's going on at home or even shine a spotlight on that. But we do have a lot of resources. We have an entire family advocacy division. Once law enforcement calls us and says the child's recovered, you can take down your posters, you can stop doing everything that you're doing. We don't necessarily stop there. We have an entire family advocacy division who can help with those types of issues and even help find local resources for the child, whether it be local resources for the family and the family dynamic. We have a recovery services team that'll help find local resources and just trying to help out any way we can to make sure that that child has a safe childhood, which I think we would all agree that every child deserves.
1: And what happens once the child returns? Their anonymity has been taken away for good reasons, but what impact can the necessary publicity have on them in the future when they apply for a job or go on a date?
2: A couple of weeks ago, we, we had, we had a, a young lady. She was abducted from one state. She was taken to another state and she was trafficked. And when she was found... There was a couple of news stories that had her name and trafficking listed in the news story. You can't do that. That's bad. Our case manager, and I give him full credit, he was talking with the father, and the father very upset because happy his child's home, but now her name's in the press with these specifics as to what happened. I love our media team here because our case manager gave it to the media team. Our media team called those newspapers directly and worked with them to have those stories removed completely. And I know Digital Footprint, can you ever say it's fully removed from the net? Well, it's removed from the public mainstream, and that's a good place to start. You know, it was a mistake in the beginning by the news, but we got it off their page. We got it out of the public spotlight. And, you know, it's little steps like that. It's something we as a society have to figure out how we're going to react to. Laws are in nowhere close to where they need to be to properly protect over time. And I know new legislation is constantly being looked at and coming and evaluated. And I certainly have positive hopes for it. We do run the similar thing with, with child sexual exploitation. Once those images are out there, especially if there's a court hearing tied to a couple of those images and so on. So it's a lot of tough work to get things reversed. But it's at times just something we as a society have to deal with and work towards that legislation.
0: If there was... Two, three points that you would want parents to be aware of that possibly they're not about publicity appeals and the work that you do with the media. What would those
2: be? First and foremost, let's focus on the missing. And our ask of the public, whether it be in the United States or around the world, when you see these posters of missing children, stop for a second. Stop and take a look. Take 10 seconds out of your day. And look at these images because behind every single one of those images is a missing child in danger. Talk to your kids. Have the conversation. I I know I've met a lot of parents in my time here at the National Center and certainly even in my social life, met with a lot of parents who tell me, I just don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what they're doing on their phone. I don't know what conversations they're having. I don't know what social media they're on anymore. Okay, we'll help you with that. On our website, we have trainings for parents, we have tips for parents on how to start the conversation, on how to just give gentle reminders in certain areas, on even how to talk to your child about very difficult topics, especially things like online enticement, safety of being on the internet, the awareness of strangers and how to keep yourself safe, And we have a lot of information on how to even open up the door to have those conversations. Because the more you can make your child street smart, and I'm not talking scare them, right? Scaring them is not going to really work. And I know a lot of parents say, I don't even know the ways of the internet myself, right? How am I supposed to educate my child on the ways of the internet? And that's a great question. But we have a lot of things on our website that'll give you the tools to have those conversations. And believe it or not, a lot of them start out very basic on just safety overall, And if you can better educate your kids, you might be preventing something from happening in the future. And that's what we'd really love to see.
0: Thank you so much, John, for joining us today and for your insight into how media appeals are being used to help missing children
1: across the U.S.
2: Oh, my pleasure.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Missing Persons Uncovered. Next time, we'll be joined by Dr. Greg Coley to discuss search and rescue. If you'd like to find out
0: more about our work or any resources we mention in the show or about our guests, please go to missingpersonsuncovered.com. But if you'd like specific information or need help, please reach out to your local police department or national charity. I'm Karen
1: Shalev-Green. And I'm Caroline Humer. Thank you for listening to Missing Persons Uncovered. We'll speak again next time. This episode was brought to you by First Factory, a software development company built on honesty, integrity, and quality. They have committed to building technology solutions to help in missing persons' investigations.